Hi everyone and welcome to the Tech Recruitment Podcast. This is the episode number, the next one, so let's kick it off. Katrina, welcome to Tech Recruitment Podcast. I'm so excited that uh, you are joining us because um, you are on a mission to help companies uh, fix recruitment and candidate experience, right? You even wrote yeah. a book called uh, Robot Proof Recruiter. So uh, that's very cool. And I'm just um, interested in, in learning more about uh, how can recruiters learn, mm-hmm. uh, improve the, um, the experience. And before we dive deeper... Why yeah. do you tell us, based on your experience, what um, is the biggest problem actually out there when it comes to recruiting? Yeah. Oh, it was funny because actually I realized it writing the Robot Proof Recruiter, which I did say I would shamelessly plug because mm-hmm. I did donate my royalties to charity. So please buy five. When I was writing it, I realized everything came down to chapter five. And chapter five is all about the intake, the job brief, kickoff call. I'm going to call it intake. Okay. But, but whatever you want to call that 45 minutes hopefully more, but that you get to spend talking to the manager about what they're looking to recruit. It all came down to that call. And I realized how rare it is to actually have a proper call. And if you don't have it, then the whole process gets messed up because you're messing people around. You don't really know what you're looking for. Your outreach is a mess and all this kind of stuff. And what happens is people then go to the internet and start nattering because there's 5 billion people on the internet of a global population of 8 billion, that is a lot of people making a lot of noise. And they're just going write their opinion of you, the company, the hiring process online. But actually, if you could get that part right and really have a proper meeting, ask the tough questions, really know what you're doing, get the information out of the manager's head, then the whole process is so much better. It's better for everybody. Obviously yourself, but most importantly, it's better for the manager and it's better for the poor person going through the recruitment process. And it just gets so little focus. I mean, I said before we came on, it's like all we're getting now is all this noise about technology and use AI, use AI. And, you know, they want to replace recruiters. They want to cut costs. If you haven't read it, Johan Harry's book, Stolen Focus, talks about this particularly in the last chapter. They do want, it's all about profit. Right. It's all about shareholders. And so they do want to replace us with technology, but they can't because the intake, they're just never going to be able to do an intake with AI ever. Mm. But you've got to prove that you can do it better, basically, because it comes down to asking the tough questions and using this, using this brain to ask mm. these amazing questions. Um, but, you know, particularly at the moment, I think it's almost more important, but it gets so little focus. Hmm. It's just focused on, oh, let's use this here to make this. And I'm like, oh, please, can we just get the intake right? Yeah, yeah, it's, but, it's, just, yeah, it's just so true. Now, when you mention it, and I hmm. kind of uh, go through some of our recent clients at the uh, Global Talents Hub, I also kind of hmm. think it's it's really the essential part in the recruitment mm-hmm. uh, flow. Interesting. And, yeah, uh, what, but it gets so little focus, doesn't it? You yeah, get yeah, you yeah, get yeah. managers who don't want to talk to you. Or for those who are on the agency, they can't get to the manager because yeah. they've either got to go through an internal TA or HR person or there's some other barrier. And it's like if you cannot have that conversation, how yeah. can you possibly be of service to that company? How can you possibly fill that role properly? Yeah, yeah. so often the yeah. HR serves as the uh, gatekeeper, right? So mm-hmm. uh, some folks working in uh, staffing agencies, they may not have 
the chance to have the intake mm-hmm. call. So uh, what would you suggest in uh, such cases? Um, your bosses mightn't like this very much, but I wouldn't work on the role. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I, yep. I, I personally wouldn't waste my time, but then yep. I'm older. I've been around a while. I've been in the industry for 20 years. You know, I, I have that healthy level of skepticism that they're just making it too hard. So mm-hmm. I would be asking for an open level of communication with the manager who is hiring for the role. And it's because I work with a lot of in-house recruiters and a lot of talent acquisition teams, let alone HR, who have a different skill set. And I know that they're often not asking the questions I would want to be asking, and I'm happy to share a few of those with you in a sec. So I would be asking for that. I, even if they're only on the call, come join the call. Let me teach you how to do an intake. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, could be better at it. Let's have this this call together because what I want to do is I want to save your manager hours of time. Mm -hmm. I want them to feel reassured this is something I've taken off their plate and they can just relax. I want to get their commitment that Mm -hmm. if I'm going to find them these people, that they are going to make space to interview them because these managers are seriously busy. They're Mm -hmm. stressed. They're down a person. They've got their own boss giving them hassle they've probably got a project they need to deliver that this person is critical to their own team will be kicking off because it's down people they're all getting overworked there's probably flight risks in the team so it's really crucial to them but they don't have time like let alone all their admin you know so so it's like you've got to get through to the manager and say right i can help you with this but we're going to partner and i'm going to need actual time you've got to get that commitment in that call and that's Mm. why it's so important so I would be pushing for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, and, and sometimes you've got to walk away. And mm-hmm. that's tough when you as an agency recruiter have your own service level agreements. You've got your own team leader breathing down your neck or your boss breathing down your neck. But it's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> otherwise you're just throwing mud and hoping something sticks. You don't want to waste time as a recruiter. But um, yep. what uh, what we uh, just saw happening just um, in a few months a uh, few months ago mm. was that there was a there was a manager, there was an mm-hmm. internal recruiter, uh, yep. the HR kind of professional mm-hmm. in house uh, who was serving as the gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. And the manager, of course, was under pressure, as you mentioned. You know, yeah. needed the people to start quickly, but we couldn't just set a meeting with the. Uh, with the mm-hmm. manager to discuss yeah. the strategy or to reframe the role just because of mm-hmm. the gatekeeper. So um, do you have uh, any favorite kind of uh, door openers or how to kind of bypass the um, the gatekeeper, the HR? Uh, yeah, well, it's a tough one, right? Because you kind yeah. of want to, you don't want to offend them mm-hmm. as well by basically, because you know that they're not going to ask the questions you want to ask. Yeah. but you don't want to offend them. So it's quite hard. So you have to be mm-hmm. quite diplomatic. Um, and it's sort of like, you know, um, were you able to sit down with the manager and get a great briefing? Um, you, is there a project reliant on this? Do so you start asking questions you're pretty confident they won't have asked? Because mm-hmm. it's it's really rare. What, what so often happens is the manager pulls out the job description from the bottom drawer and mm-hmm. it is, obviously one doesn't really do that anymore but just go with it <laughs> and it's an old one you know and it's what it was Mikhail Mikhail's leaving so it's mm-hmm. it's replacing you exactly but actually you've gained skills over the time you've been there and going forward they need somebody else but what's happening is they're looking backwards 
And it's mm-hmm. unlikely, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it's unlikely that the internal person has said, well, so, you know, looking forward, how do you know, this is my favorite question, how do you know at the end of 12 months you've hired the right person? Mm-hmm. They probably won't have asked that question. Now, you might not want to give that away because you want to save that for your manager, but it'd be like, well, you know, is there a project that this this matters to you, is this person coming to deliver a project? You're trying to work out how much they've drilled. Mm-hmm. Actually, maybe without asking them. Asking them could be quite offensive. So just ask some tough questions, you know, like and so that they start going, oh, gosh, I don't know. Can I find out? I'm going, yeah, great, but if you're going to go and talk to them, can I just jump on that call with you? Please, I want to provide a proper service here. If I can hear it firsthand and we're together on that call, you're going to hear one thing, I'm going to hear another thing, and then we can go to when I go to the candidates, I know that I'm saying all the right stuff. So that's mm. one way. Actually, that would work quite well. Mm. Is there a project reliant on this? Does the, does the manager have any flight risks in the team? Um, who's currently filling in that role? There's always a like, what's the cost? Mm-hmm. This scares. It's amazing how this really scares people. Like, what's the cost? So whether it's the the manager has a pro, a promotion potentially based on getting this person into the team and delivering a project, um, it could be there's a cost to the bottom line. That, you know, they need this person in. They're not delivering. It's 5,000 euros a day that they're losing. Like there could be an actual financial cost. So sometimes asking some questions they don't expect, mm-hmm. they're likely to go, oof, I don't know. Let mm-hmm. me find out. Would it be okay? Could we do this call together? You're mm-hmm. going to hear one thing. I'm going to hear another thing. Then we'll really know that we're properly partnering on this so I can save you all so much time and hassle. Mm-hmm. And you definitely want to say this to the internal person. And make sure that the reputation of the company stands and the candidate experience is really good because they really care about that. Mm. And just as an aside, a manager has no idea what candidate experience is. They don't care, right? They do care about their reputation and they care about the ability to hire and they care about the company's reputation, but they don't know what candidate experience means, Mm. mostly. There'll be 1% that probably do. So, you know, just watch your terminology as well. Mm-hmm. The internal TA person will probably know those words. Mm-hmm. So that could, that's, that's, that could work. I like that. That was on the fly. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one uh, with, the, with the uh, joint meeting. You yeah. know, like, can I join the meeting with you? So uh, you organize because it. Because you'll I'll be hear something and I'll hear something. Then we mm-hmm. can compare notes and make sure that we're, we're partnering together going forward. You've got to make it in, of benefit to the person. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what's the benefit to the HR person? Well, yeah. I might hear something you didn't hear and we can compare notes and mm-hmm. I'll save you time. You don't have to then come back to me and feedback. Let's just do it all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, that works too. Uh, that works too. Oh, my God, yeah. I'm on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Let's continue. <laughs> I, I like he this idea. He pre-warned me about this question, by the way. Anyone listening? I there was no pre-warning. <laughs> well, you're such an expert; you don't need any uh, kind of Hopefully. questions oh. in, in advance. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm just I'm just kind of thinking about this um, mm. concept of partnership, right? Uh, we are servicing yeah. a client, and we are partnering yeah. um, to improve the candidate experience and also the um, credibility. That's that's yeah. uh, very nice. Often, you know, what what I've seen is that. Uh, the HR just kind of doesn't want to cooperate because of, I don't know, ego, or maybe they uh, kind of see us, you know, the agency as an enemy, not the kind of a partner. So, uh, yeah. And it, do you know what? It really depends. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I know there's a lot of HR recruiters in Europe, and actually, mm-hmm. they're what I would call a talent acquisition professional. 
So there are people who literally recruitment is their job. That's what they do. Yeah. And it's where they fit. If they're pure HR, you particularly see this here in the UK and, and in the US where somebody is pure HR. So really they're about, they're meant to be about developing the people and they do a lot of, I really don't know what HR does. What do they do? They, they tell people off. Um, <laughs> they, do the, they do the firing bit as well, don't they? <laughs> um, they obviously do rewards. They do pay, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Those professionals don't usually like recruitment. They mm-hmm. don't like talent acquisition. The reason I see this happen is you have the likes of the CIPD and SHRM in the US um, and all of the HR events. Where's recruitment? So often it's an afterthought. Mm-hmm. So they do all of these modules about all of the lovely stuff that HR does and forget this really incredibly important role. So even within HR itself, you can get friction between mm-hmm. HR and talent acquisition people. Mm-hmm. Um, and even and then that just goes worse when it goes outside, which is crazy because if the company recruits better people, HR doesn't need performance management. That's what I was looking for. HR doesn't have to do as much performance management and can do the gorgeous stuff of developing people, of being a proper business partner, of knowing, oh, you know, someone sitting over here would be great over here in this role and actually they'd like an internal move and retaining people. Hmm. But there's this weird friction that goes on and it has a lot to do with the traditional HR hate recruitment full stop, end of story. If they have to do it, they don't like doing it. Mm-hmm. So it's almost you need to know which one you're partnering with as an external recruiter. And I think that there would be, if you can really reinforce to them that you're just going to take this problem away, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I get it. Most people don't like doing this. It's a really tough thing to do. The more time you can give me at the beginning of the process to get everything in place, the less time you're going to have to focus on recruitment because I can yep. take this. I'm a safe pair of hands and take yep. this off your plate. But it's find out what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are talent acquisition professionals and they get it because they've often come in from agency anyway uh, rather than up the pure HR route. Um, and they sometimes you get the us in them, but most of the time they understand that they can't fill all the roles so mm-hmm. that they're there to partner. Um, But, again, I think it's just the reassurance all the time of they don't want want to think you're just after your fee. Hmm. And the Hmm. more that you can reassure them that, you know, be it from recommendations from current clients and your behaviour and that you're there to partner them and just to take that workload off them and to work Hmm. with them, like, and you keep saying that from the beginning. You know, don't say anything like trust me because no one's going to trust you until you've proved your weight and gold. But, you know, I want to partner with you to Mm. fill this. You know, we've got to work together to make it as smooth a process as possible so that you're saving time, money and hassle. The hiring manager is saving time, money and hassle. Mm. Ultimately, yes, that will save you. But don't say that. They don't care. (laughs) I I like this language, language of uh, kind of we are in this together. We are helping you. I was, yeah. uh, you know, when you mentioned the fees, I was uh, at some point even thinking whether these, uh, some of these people, you know, HR are not kind of jealous because they see the commissions that external recruiters earn, right? And uh, yeah, like, because sometimes, I mean, like, like I don't, hey, know, I don't think so. I don't know, because it's like, hey, we are here to help you. You don't have to go to LinkedIn to message all these people. Just do whatever else you enjoy. But still, they kind of do it anyway. 
and they kind of compete with external recruiters. I, I mean, that's you know, well, again, that's all, everyone is like that. I guess that all depends on how they've established the function. I mean, if it is an mm -hmm. internal talent acquisition function, yes, they're going to be wanting to cut the cost of using mm -hmm. an agency, but it's, you have to be a certain size company to do that. And there's a massive, it's really, I found this funny in my agency days. There was always this push to go for the corporates. It's the SMEs that can't, they don't have the time or the budget to have an internal recruiter. So mm. that's actually the space that's probably the easiest to service, to be fair, that mm. kind of mid-sized company. Mm. Uh, and there's thousands of them. So there's, mm. that's a huge marketplace, which is often weirdly avoided. Mm -hmm. But actually, they're the best one where it's like, if you can get that relationship, you'll have no problems being able to get to the managers. Mm -hmm. and have that uh, partnership going either mm -hmm. rather than hitting the bigger the company, the more likely they start having a talent acquisition function. Mm -hmm. Startups often have them as well. But mm -hmm. again, there'll be specialist roles. Mm -hmm. I mean, actually, this is a different, we weren't going to talk about this, but I'll go there. If I was going to be a, a agency recruitment recruiter again, which I'm never going to be, but if I was, I would start with the candidates. I would become the go-to person in that specific piece of technology that everybody knew who I was and I would only represent those people and those jobs and I, then I would sell my expertise that way. Mm -hmm. Like I would have a network of whichever technology is currently on trend mm -hmm. and I would be very careful to make sure that the technology stayed on trend because, you know, back in the day, COBOL, for example, which totally ages myself and some people would be like, what? Um, but, you know, people who were really focused on that suddenly couldn't place anybody. Mm -hmm. That would be how I would go as well. Like I'm genuinely representing. And by the way, stop. Oh, if anyone's doing this, please don't pitch in fake CVs. Don't pitch in a CV of somebody that's actually a legitimate CV, but the person's not looking for a job. Because the second that the, the company turns around and says, yes, I'd like an interview with that person, and then you go, oh, they're not available. They're like, yeah, well, so they lied. Mm -hmm. So please don't do that. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. don't, don't, it, just don't start with a lie. Start with a genuine, like, yeah, this is, I, I, I'm only an expert in this. I see that you recruit this occasionally. Mm -hmm. This is all I do. Mm -hmm. And then those people know you and respect you and they'll open doors for you at their own companies. So. Yeah. And it's great that you, that you mentioned this because um, lots of people who are kind of, uh, you know, they reach a certain mm. stage of their career, they would like to get a client or more clients to work mm -hmm. for. Um, and they just kind of don't know how to open the doors. So um, your now candidates, your very happy candidates, mm -hmm. the people that you have treated with incredible respect for their mm -hmm. irreplaceable time. Mm -hmm. You know, the time that you're listening mm -hmm. to this now, you are never getting it back. Mm -hmm. It's gone. Like it's the one thing that it's finite and we all lose. Even my dog's agreeing if you just heard him kick off. Um, <laughs> right on cue. But it's 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 that, you know, when we have people go in for interviews or they apply and we don't re respond to them, people remember this, this, this mm -hmm. ghosting business that's just out of control. And honestly, I don't care if candidates ghost you. When we as recruiters ghost people, Applicants especially, they are left down or depressed. Mm -hmm. um, if you have a look at end-ghosting.com, end you can see more about that. So it's getting back to people. It's closing them. It's treating them with respect. You know, it's delivering that negative news. It's even saying I don't have any news. 
like if you went, I haven't heard back from the company, I'm just letting you know I'm still chasing. That's news to somebody that is going through this recruitment process. So if you're treating everybody with great respect, they're going to really take care of you. So okay. I, going back to when I was uh, last recruiting, which has been a while, let's be honest, in agency, but my contractors love me because if they were ever not paid, oh, my gosh, you know, my poor accounts department, I let rip. Like it was like they hadn't paid me. I cared. And therefore they would, one, they'd go and get rate increases, which include an agency increase. They'd never cut mine. Um, and they would introduce me into other companies. Mm-hmm. So they'd go and go, you've got to work with Katrina. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's that's why you've got to respect people. But also just never forget that person that you go, they're going to end up somewhere and they will never forget how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. So that's another mm-hmm. reason to stop. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Sessant ghosting. One. I know your friends do that. Mm-hmm. I know dates do that. I know that kind of stuff. But in the professional world, stop it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stop okay. It. So, yeah. so go strat. I feel good. I got it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if someone uh, chooses uh, a niche within the IT yep. space, let's say front end developers or back even more important to treat them well. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so they kind of start building this uh, talent pool of uh, yeah. the IT professionals. And then yeah. what? So then would you reach out to these SMEs, some talent acquisition specialists or HR? generally or head of HR and it's like, hey, I have here a list of 300 front-end developers or what What will you do? Yeah, I mean, that's one way. And obviously asking your candidates once you've built trust with them. So mm-hmm. you could do things like you could run meetups. I mean, again, this is all if your agency is going to allow you to do this. If you're running your own business, you've got to have a, a, a runway of cash that's going to allow you to do this. So this isn't a quick win. You know, some of these still like get on the phone, cold call. But assuming that you've got the leeway to do this, it's then I would be running events, things like that, getting people to come to an event, throw on some pizza, um, have a learning experience. Again, you're going to become trusted. People will just start opening doors for you. Are any of you hiring? Can you please drop my name if you are? And then at the same time, making that approach, getting mm-hmm. in touch with companies and saying, like, I literally, this is all I do. You know, we do have a pool of people. We run events. Like you show that you're investing in these people as well mm-hmm. and growth opportunities. So, I mean, who, who doesn't love a meetup once a month with some pizza and some learning? Mm-hmm. doesn't cost very much. So, you know, there's options like that. I mean, you could even get sponsors involved with that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So, there's that. I mean, that's how I would go about it. But it's mm-hmm. not a quick win. Mm-hmm. It's not going to open doors really swiftly. But yeah. it's staying in your lane as well mm. and i think that matters i'm thinking of like mark hopkins who does engineering recruitment here in the uk but proper engineering as opposed to software engineering and he's known that's all he talks about and he offers so much advice you know he does videos that are how to write a job description what happens if you have this situation and and just mm-hmm. not job description how to write a cv he, mm-hmm. he, he shares all of this information for candidates and so they love him and they go to him he has an amazing network Mm-hmm. And he'll ask an open question on LinkedIn and all his engineering people are replying and adding right. comments. So that's a very, very nice example. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. so uh, coming back to the candidate experience, yes, I'm just kind of thinking now about <laughs> AI, you know, it's a uh, trending uh, thing out there. So do you mm-hmm. think AI will improve the experience of candidates no. or it will worsen it or what's going to happen? No, I think that it'll get used mm-hmm. in all of the wrong places. I mean, the, the reason I wrote the Robot Proof Recruiter Brilliant mm-hmm. book, by the way. 
about 80 plus of your peers all contributed. Um, so please by five. The reason I wrote it was the HR tech vendors in 2018 were saying that they could replace you. Obviously, they have failed because you're still here five years later. But they were saying, ah, oh, recruiters, they can all be replaced. And now we've got AI and it's the same. It's the, oh, we can replace. Look. The AI technology is as biased as we are biased. It has been created by people who are biased. So, for example, if you're using it for an interviewing tool and thinking that it's not being biased, it's already been proven to be biased. There's already case examples that I cannot think of off the top of my head, but there are. Google it. Um, and I talked about it in the book. There's one that they use video technology. And it was also like they had to, there's actually another website that people have to go to to learn how to get around this technology to get hired. Like, it's, how is that a good candidate experience? Mm. But where I love it is like MetaView's intake meeting notes and interview notes. Fantastic. You've mm. currently got something here that's, um, which would be hilarious because it's Otter and it doesn't like my Australian accent, but you're using something to take notes. Fantastic. I have no problems with that. When it's used as a barrier between the person who needs a job and you who has a job, then I have a problem with it. And that's all we've done. We've just piled up technology. And companies are the worst for it. You know, the application process where there's just layer upon layer upon layer. So this is my issue with it. And if you are using it to create job descriptions and you're using it to create messages that you're sending to people, you need to not accept what it first spits out. You need to keep particularly things like chat GPT, you need to keep prompting it and prompting it and prompting it to get something that sounds genuine and is legitimate and is accurate mm. because people aren't stupid. They're going to know if they're getting the same message. The reason I have such a concern about this is when LinkedIn introduced templates and everybody started sending the same template and all of these candidates, you know, they're getting from a big LinkedIn recruiter two keywords search and the same message. Mm -hmm. I see that you're a person with these skills and we're currently looking to hire them. I'm like, oh, who cares? <laughs> like you don't start a message with the I. Nobody cares, right? You know, your experience here is a great match for what we usually recruit for. What are your next steps? What are you doing next? You know, a really mm -hmm. general question would get a better response. But they'll see it. They'll see the same. This is, yeah, and this is my problem. People are just trying to cut the wrong corners to save time. And it's like really think about where you're placing it, really mm. step back, yeah. step through the experience. Is there something else we can do? You know, mm. are we? is there duplication that we can take out with it or are we asking candidates they can't even apply to our agency on their mobile phone, for example, mm. and I still see that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, why are we asking for more than a phone number, an email address, you know, their name and a CV attached. Why? Why? Why are we asking them to copy and paste? You know, like just really think about it. Yeah. So that's, that's a good one. Yeah. So you mentioned mm. the intake as the most uh, important. Yeah. Then uh, the candidate, yeah. intake, right? The uh, that cannot be replaced Is by AI. That no, mm. it can't because I want you to ask those questions. So mm. you know, my favorite, which I alluded to before. How will you know at the end of twelve months you've hired the right person? Steve Levy has another one that's really great. It's just in Chapter 5, which is that, you know, what problem are they coming in to fix? Hmm. What this does is it makes them look forward. So I go, 
how will you know you've hired the right person at the end of 12 months? Oh, gosh, please make sure they've got customer-facing skills. Mikhail had none. It was dreadful, right? The client was so upset, right? <laughs> that kind of a thing. They will say something that is not on the job description because they don't like writing the job description. Right. You then take that information and you use that in your messaging and your advertisements. And you say, we're looking for someone to come in and fix this problem. We're delivering this project. You want to be part of it? Like you take that amazing thing they said that is not vanilla. It is really unique to that company and that role and you use it in all of your messaging. You'll get people's attention as well. Yeah, Remembering like 5 billion people on the internet, a lot of noise. <laughs> I like how, how simple you make it. Um, you, you know, you, it is you simple. It, it is. At, at the end of the day, <laughs> yeah. it, is, it is simple. So um, that's, that's But people simple. are scared of these questions. You know, if you're talking to a manager and you can say, um, particularly if you, you've got to know the manager and you can ask things like, you know, what's the cost every day this role is open? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, gosh, if, you know, it's costing us 5,000 euros. It's so bad. We really need this person. And then you say, okay, I'm going to get you CVs on Friday. Can you come back to me on Tuesday? And we'll start scheduling interviews for Thursday. And then they don't come back on Tuesday. So you message them on Tuesday afternoon and go, you said you'd come back. Just remember this is 5,000 euros a day. Mm. And they'll go, oh, God, that's right. And they'll come back to you. Mm-hmm. Rather than you haven't come back to me, you're like agreeing all the time. You can reiterate what they said. Um, but even in the cost of the the importance of the project, you said you'd come back to me on Tuesday and I know the deadline for the project's the end of the month. If you don't come back to me by tomorrow morning, I'm going to struggle to get the interviews in. Remembering notice periods, we've got to get this person by the end of the month. So if you don't know what the cost is, it gets really tough. And it's, it's, I don't know why. Well, actually, to be honest, I'm not sure I was ever taught how to do a great intake. <laughs> to be fair, I realized this writing the book, um, but I've been around a bit longer since then. Um, but the, that, I don't know why we're not taught this enough, just how critical it is. Because if you can, and if you're struggling to get them on the phone, so if you can actually access your manager and they won't give you the thing, the the call, just say, the more time you give me at the beginning, the more time I can save you. And you can make it quantifiable because you've got experience. You've recruited before, potentially, and be able to say, like, if you give me the 45 minutes at the beginning, I'm going to save you 15 hours like from not interviewing the wrong people. You're going to interview fewer people, but they'll be the right people. Mm, and it's, a, and you'll know it when you see it. Yeah. So, they, you, your job is to get them to articulate what is in here that they're not mm. getting out. Mm, so, mm. nice, nice. I I like how we yeah. are kind of uh, transitioning from the candidate experience to hiring manager experience and also to recruiter experience, right? Because yeah. at the end of the day, if you are able to get all the information from the hiring manager, then also your experience as a recruiter will improve yeah and, uh, but don't ever say that like right. don't ever go hey if you give me this stuff my life's going to be easier because they don't care of course, of they course. only care what matters to them what's in it yes. for them and actually think about that every time you open a message or you open an invite to connect in your head you're going what do you want like what do you want mm-hmm. because you just want to know what's in it for you mm-hmm. and so think about that as well like if you can take that intake information and use it in the message you send out and you, in, in the invites to connect and all those kinds of things people will be like mm-hmm. ah that's what they want oh that's interesting Hmm. so nice. yeah they're all they're all interrupt but if yeah. we got the intake right the candidate experience would be right well i could uh i could listen to your advice for the next <laughs> two hours and probably we should uh, we oh should you could just some... 
<laughs> oh, book the yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a book. Yeah, there's another one coming as well. As oh. I have, I will get it out next year. I'm writing one for the managers. Oh, as nice. well. Awesome. Yeah. So um, yeah, before we wrap it up, um, is mm. there any kind of last final advice that you would like to give to recruiters who maybe struggling with the job? You know, now uh, in in the tech industry, there was a little kind of. Uh, oh, you've you know, had fun, haven't you? There was a lot of overhiring and an overfiring, overfiring, yeah. overhiring, overfiring. Mm-hmm. That's what it we've seen. Comes, comes in waves. So yeah, uh, well, twenty twenty, they didn't. They let go. Actually, mentioned it was more TA that got let go, and there was a lot of overhiring, and it was mm-hmm. dead obvious that was happening. To be fair, mm-hmm. if you sort of went in the industry in it, you could see it was like, "What are you doing? Why are you all hiring so much?" Yeah. So I remember hearing an economist in 2020 say, "In 2024, this will all balance out." So I do see that mm-hmm. it's going to come right next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm seeing a lot of directors of TA and heads of TA getting hired, which is always a great sign that things are starting to. Mm-hmm. even out so if you've got through 2023 give yourself a huge pat on the back back and just like thank god have a rest because i do think it will be better next year but just remember that there will be companies believing that ai oh, i'm trying not to swear bubble of bs <laughs> is going on mm-hmm. and genuinely thinking that you can be replaced by technology how you counter that is to be always knowing your value and understanding it is the human side of what we do. We are people recruiting people for other people mm. and that the product is a human being and the product doesn't have to say yes. And that's another reason. The product, no one said, it's actually quite funny when all of these companies are going on about, oh, we can just replace recruiters with AI. Do candidates want to give their career to AI? Yeah, no, they don't. They really don't. There might be a very small minority to do, but the vast majority of professionals do not want to have their career trusted to a robot, right? They want to talk to a human being who knows their stuff. So make sure you know their stuff, your stuff, show your value, be able to get that information from the manager, get the information from the candidates. That's human stuff. Mm, and, awesome. and and then you can't be replaced. There's a lot of information in the robot proof recruit about that. Well, <laughs> where, can, where can people find uh, the book? Is it on Amazon? Amazon, it's everywhere. You can buy it from the big giant, or you can shop mm-hmm. elsewhere. Um, if you just I've been the robot proof recruiter, it will come mm-hmm. up. Awesome. Um, awesome. And I'm writing um, the book. I'm writing is is sort of complements that. It will be for your the managers themselves, the hiring managers, um, about what they can do in the intake to make your life better it is literally focused on the intake um, because then they could articulate what they want better so yeah conquer hiring it should be out next year i need to finish writing it first (laughs) yeah great well then thanks thanks a lot for sharing uh, all these insights um i'm looking forward to to reading the book and also the next one this uh coming up so Mm -hmm. i'll include in the show notes uh, the link also to your linkedin profile so that people can connect with you brilliant thanks very much Thank you. Thanks. Have a wonderful day. Cool. Cool. So that was great. Hi again. And really quick, if you'd like to get a new job as the tech recruiter, or if you'd like to start working as the independent freelance tech recruitment consultant, or if you'd like to start and grow your own agency, we can help you get closer to your goals. So just go to our website, techrecruitmentacademy.com and learn more about the programs that we organize every now and then. 
So just go to the website techrecruitmentacademy.com. 